to the Chase Podcast, guys. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the C2C Podcast. I am your man, your host, the man with the plan, Chase Abel. I almost forgot my goddamn name. You ever had like a brain fart and you just forgot your name? That's exactly what happened. And I snapped myself out of it because I can't be forgetting my name. I can't be forgetting things. Because we have an episode to do. So again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Always appreciate you guys listening. Please go to YouTube, guys, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, like, and share. Share with people. Let people know that we are doing this for you. And um, yeah, it's been fun. And again, guys, we have a few subscribers, new subscribers. I'm always appreciative of that. And uh, always follow the uh, page. We have uh, my page, uh, Instagram, at Chase Abel, Instagram. And um yeah, we'll just get right into it. You guys could probably already tell based on my energy that 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 I'm a different man. You know, something happened over the something happened yesterday and we'll talk about it a little later when I bring in a talk with Nikki, Nikki Neighborhoods. But I feel like a new man. I feel good. You know, um, I had a great weekend. I don't know what you guys did, uh, but I had a great weekend. Uh, I went to a 90s throwback jam party on Friday night, which was great because the DJs only play throwback jams. What? What? I mean, yo. Any of you guys, listen, this this podcast is only predicated on throwback music. So, um... I do have a surprise. I might be going to the Silk. Might be seeing going seeing Silk, the R and B group Silk. If you guys don't know the group R and B Silk, okay. The reason why I have, uh, I guess, an a, a emotional attachment to this group because it's 1992. Marie McCallum, red hair. I asked her to dance with me at the sixth grade dance to this song. It's called Freak Me by Silk. And any time when this song came on, my little pee-pee was ready to just fucking ask any girl to dance with me. Because you know when you're a 12-year-old horny little fuck, you know? Oh. I mean... The most absolutely dirtiest, freakiest, wettest, <laughs> just what I mean, I, it's, it's remarkable that 11, 10, 10, 11, 12 year old people, kids were listening to this song, but this is my jam. Fucking, oh, freak me by silk. Let me lick you up and down. Do you say stop? Let me play with your body, baby. Make you be rope. Let me do all the things you want me to do. Cause tonight, baby, I wanna get freaky with you. Baby. We probably should have a more of a better example than what I'm what I'm giving to you guys um but anyways you guys can probably look it up um I might be going to see Silk man 
So Silk, the R&B group, 90s. I'm looking forward to that. I had a friend actually that sent me an email who I haven't talked to in, I would say, probably about four or five years. Legitimate. The last time I actually saw him was at his wedding. And we were really, really good friends uh, when I was in college with him. And we kind of lost touch. You know how that goes sometimes, you know. Um, but I was very surprised that he, he, he hit me up. He was, he's coming into town, into Boston this weekend. He said, hey, man, you know, I'm coming into town. Uh, you know, if you're around, you know, hit me up. I was like, cool. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing an old-time friend this weekend and uh, getting out and uh, seeing what's, what's been going on with him. It's very, I feel like, you know, you know, people, friends end up, you know, going different ways. It happens. It's, it's a part of life. But, you know, there's sometimes where people just stop talking and it's not because of beef or anything. It's because people just move on with their lives and have things to do. So I feel like it's always a good there's always a good opportunity to rekindle relationships uh, if they're, you know, if they're worth rekindling. You know, listen, you guys know better than I do. There's a lot of relationships where you just don't want to see them at all. And they're in the rearview mirror and you're just going and going and you don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't rekindle those relationships you know but kindle the rekindle the ones that you you know that were that were meaningful to you so if you have a friend out there you haven't talked to in a long time send them a text give them a call see what they're about you know the world is almost going to shit <laughs> make sure you make sure you're checking in on each other and tapping in tapping into people hey so that's a friend texting me right now seeing how i'm doing you know Nope, that's just Uber Eats telling me that my payment didn't go through. That, that's uh, whew, that's not good. That's not good. Um, long story boring, uh, Brent Ernst. Man, maybe I should just get right into it. You know, I'll just get right into it. I'll tell you guys, I'll tell you the big news, big announcement. Um, your boy, your boy, Mr. Abel, Coco Panda, a.k.a. Coco Caliente, Mr. Red Sea, Mr. Nile River Dipper. Wow. Um, got his American citizenship. And you know what? I am a real American Boom. Yes. I'm just taking it in. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just taking it in. I finally got my American citizenship and I'm official ladies and gentlemen. So you guys are stuck with me. You know, you guys are stuck with me. That's right. Uh, man. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. The process was long. Um, you know, process was very long. The journey to the process was also an interesting journey, um, which I'll get into. But it felt good. We went ahead and I got I got uh, sworn in. There was a there was a big ceremony. It was actually on Juneteenth, which was a great um, a great day to have me 
naturalized. <clears throat> there was a kind of a couple options um, on when I could get sworn in. The um, the agent where, I, where where the agent who administrated the test, the civics test, um, said to me, "Hey, you could, you could either wait two to three months because we're backed up on a, on naturalization um, applicants, or you can just we can get you right in on Juneteenth, um, so you can celebrate it on June uh, on Juneteenth, so you can get naturalized." And at first, I was like, "Hmm, I wonder why she's giving me that option." Like is it because I'm You goddamn right it's because I'm black. That's right. <laughs> so uh it was a great it, and this is actually really cool. My group of people that were sworn in, we actually were there was only two groups of people in the whole country. Only fifty? Wow, there was only fifty there was only 50 total uh, people that were sworn in and naturalized yesterday. And I was one of them in the whole country. Um, one, it, there were two places that hosted the ceremonies. One was in Boston, Massachusetts, which I'm where I'm from and where, where I did it. The other one was Galveston, Texas, where, which is the town or um, in that was, if I, if I'm not mistaken, the town that was the last town of, or, or that we, had it in the books where it emancipated the slaves. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, there was TV crews there. Um, I didn't sign any autographs. I was there on business. Um, there is a clip out there. Yeah. I don't know if we're playing it because I don't have my headphones, but... Um, long journey leading these 50 oh, people yeah. to this moment becoming american oh, yeah. citizens there, dominican there republic representing 30 countries 30 this countries in total part in a naturalization yeah. ceremony at boston's museum yeah. of african-american history we're free the um we it was held at the african-american heritage museum in boston which is located in beacon hill i used to live in beacon hill that's me that's me. Yep. Big old milk dud head with a blazer, navy blue shirt. Oh, I was looking sharp. I didn't want to look like I was too overly dressed, but I also want to let them know like, yo, you know what you guys did. You guys made a good choice. You know what I'm saying? Um, yo, Nikki, come on, come on to the podcast, but let's talk about this, man. You, I feel like you don't want to look too American when you go to those things. Mm. You also don't want to, you want to like look in between. Yeah. I want to look like I know, you know, yeah. I just, I, like I know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm in the middle. Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. In the middle. I was going to wear shoes, but I was like, no, I'm going to wear loafers. Yeah. I want, I wanted them to know that like, this wasn't a big deal for me. Like I yeah. just, I don't want to give <laughs> off that vibe. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> like, you had on a good African loafer. I had a gold. <laughs> the good African loafer on. Yeah, I had a good that. African loafer. Uh, I I want. I definitely gave off the energy. Like you know, I'm you know, like I didn't have to be here. Like I could have waited yeah. a few more years. I'm making you all feel better about yourselves that I'm here. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Your energy was very. You're welcome. Yeah, I was gonna think. I was at one point. I was gonna do stand up. <laughs> I was just going to go up and take the mic and just do a stand-up because it was a good crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was at least, like, 
Yeah, probably about 100 people. Well, was it again the center of what? African-American history? It was a, yeah, at the African-American uh, Museum. African-American Heritage Museum in Beacon Hill. Yeah, where that's, the freed slaves of the North, that's where they were brought. Fuck. Brought. Yeah. So. Good room? Good room. <laughs> you got to bring it in that room, though. I was just about to say. I feel like you would really crush in that room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good, man. It was good. It was very fitting. It was very fitting because as a refugee from Africa, to be, to have came here, you know, a long time ago as a refugee and to go through the whole American experience and to kind of finish your I guess just to kind of like lead out with you know being like sworn in a place like that was kind of I felt like you know it it was dope it was dope as shit that's pretty significant we could joke all we want that that is like a very special you know yeah ceremony and what it symbolizes and you know that's that's got to make you feel good. I feel good, bro. I feel good. I feel, I'm, you know, I can. It was just dope, man. And I, it's weird sometimes, Nick, because when you get like certain things in life that just like that that are good, you know, you never know when like it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it, things just present themselves, and you're just like, oh shit, this is a pretty cool situation. How the heck did I get here? Mm-hmm. You don't know. You just it's just like the stars line up when they line up sometimes, and you just I guess maybe God was just like, hey man, you've been fucking pedal to the metal wheels, you know, just maybe 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 you got one here. Maybe we we, we got to give you one here. We got to get you give you one W here at least. <laughs> so what was the process like? Because you have been here for a while. I mean, you grew, you grew up here. I've been here since nineteen eighty like six. Yeah, before yeah. I was born. Eighty seven. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> But uh, I mean, it's fine. But I'm not that old, Nikki. But uh, yeah, I've been here for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, most people know if they follow me on my other podcast and the podcast here, they know that I'm a African East African. I was uh, I'm a, from Eritrea, mm-hmm. uh, Northeast Africa, just north of Ethiopia. Uh, my country in Ethiopia, Eritrea and Ethiopia, had civil war. Still has like a you know a lot of tension over there in that region. So my parents fled. There, like most Eritreans, um, yeah. during that time, we went to Sudan. So we were refugees in Sudan. We was, you know, we had to wait about two, three years mm-hmm. to get over to America. We were sponsored by a couple called. Uh, they were Harvey and Kathy. Uh, if you Great guys want to know the ethnicity of these people, they were white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just want to make sure if you guys, if you want to know the ethnicity, open a bag of Ruffles potato chips. <laughs> First of all, there's no more Harvey's anymore. Well, yeah, it sucks. That's a good name. Harvey's a good name. I haven't, and I haven't met a modern Harvey. Have you? A modern day Harvey? No. Yeah. Nope. Kathy for short. Kathy is all Kathy. Kathy, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Catherine, Kathy. But Harvey? Harvey. That's a good American name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I feel like uh, Duggan and Harvey are like, you know. Well, you're going super white. Yeah. Duggan That's is That's all like, I do, baby. <laughs> white people that name their kids after like their favorite bar mm. like like or a beer you know like <laughs> yeah, duggan like duggan's ale 
I know a, I know a dude that uh, that named his son Duggan because of the park he went to as a kid. Uh, oh wow, that's how local. Like, wow. Yeah. 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 Forced. So you're sponsored by them. Sponsored by them. We came here. The whole family was sponsored by them. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Me, and my then, mom, my mom, my dad, my brother. Yeah. And then, four of us. Yeah. And then what? How, how does that go from there? Like then, how do you? So you're on a visa? No, a green card automatically. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. VIP rope treatment. You know so you I don't get, wait in lines, you bro. You get U.S. bottle service. You, you know I don't wait in lines. <laughs> you get customs bottle service. Even as a baby, I didn't wait in lines. <laughs> Chase does not wait in lines. Straight to straight to a resident green card, permanent <clears throat> resident, by the way. So the 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 the, the status that never expired. Yep. Based on my status. Oh, so this was this, this was, like was kind of years. just being like this is the Reagan years. Oh, when Reagan was like, "Hey, let's." Bring everybody, baby. That's how. Oh, Harvey, whole. Harvey, and Kathy must have been like properly. Oh, Harvey set was. Up. Yeah, they were. They were proper whites. Yeah, yeah, they were good whites. <laughs> they were like, they went through the church. Yeah, you know, they wanted to help. You know, they they were they actually. My family wasn't the first group of people they sponsored. They sponsored many after us. Whoa. Yeah, um, Kathy was Kathy Harvey. Yeah, man. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. You know, that's that's, that's it. Period. You know what I mean? Um, we lived with them for a little bit, so we had to stay with them mm-hmm. to get our, you know, get our, just get used to certain things. Mm-hmm. We lived with them, and then my dad got an apartment on his own in Lynn. We moved to Lynn, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and then we moved to Salem, and then we moved to you know another place. And yeah, it was a. Uh, but the, the road to get here was poof, was. I don't know. Even if I try to explain it to people, it's hard to even like explain it because I feel like sometimes people are just they can't they can't really understand. You, you know? can't even fathom. Yeah, I mean, you just think of it. Think of it. Uh, the only way a white person can think of it, like to to, to wrap their brain around the, I guess, like enormity of it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, great word. By is the way, is like pretend the United States had the same issues that Africa has historically had. And pretend that Africa is the same thing as the United States. And now pretend that I just dropped you in the middle of Africa and told you to figure it out. Yeah. It's like, that's the only thing I could think of. And that's the only way that I could be like, oh my God, the language, just the fact that you like walk into a room and feel a certain way, especially in Boston. Yeah, It's like, that's a, that's a different moving to the Midwest might be a little you think it's a little close to Africa? Well, <laughs> you're, you're kind of like, okay, there's a lot of land out here. Yeah. You know, there's things happening. I can sure. maybe even, you know, get ingredients to prepare some of my own, like, stuff. Stuff. Yeah. You dropped in Boston. You're like, what the fuck yeah. is happening? In the 80s. In the Because, <laughs> you know, Boston wasn't really known to be a little... Uh, and then you have, like, Whitey Bulger to worry about. Hey, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> We're African refugees yeah, we, and Whitey Bulger. We a, yeah, that we had we had we had the Italians to kind of uh, consider. Italians, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Italians and the Irish yeah. hated each other, but the one thing they both agreed on is that they probably didn't like black people. That was like their common. I feel like in the eighties, kind of their common common denominator. denominator. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, which is interesting because like you know. 
well, Italians derive so much culture and yeah. style and, uh, and, and, and then even if you look at the history of like Sicily and what happened, there's such a, sure. a strong tie to Africa oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. African culture. There is, there is. I don't know if you ever heard uh, during, uh, you ever studied anything, do you ever study anything about Mussolini? A little, yeah. Okay, so just to give you a little backdrop with Mussolini. Mussolini, dictator, right? During, sure. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the 20s or 30s? Uh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. I think right before World War One or during... I think end of World War One, World y- War Two. Yeah. We have Google, but we're... This is no fucking... Too comfortable. Yeah, too comfortable. So Mussolini, during those times when he was around, you know, wanted to colonize Ethiopia. You know, mm-hmm. Haile Selassie, who was the king at the time of Ethiopia, said, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not going to colonize us. And they had war. Mm-hmm. Ethiopia won. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward. Um, and by the way, fun, just a quick fun, uh, history fact. Ethiopia is the only country in Africa was never colonized by any Western or European country in the world. Really? I didn't know that. It's the only country in Africa has never been colonized. Fuck. So... From my understanding, how the history goes is that when Mussolini kind of still felt a little bothered by losing, he was butt hurt, right? He kind of went north where Eritrea was mm-hmm. and started building relationships with Eritrea, used the Eritrean people, trained them, sent soldiers, and then used them as kind of like a thing to create friction between Ethiopia, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. That's my understanding of the history. Mm-hmm. I'm just, it's probably not 100% accurate, but that's my, my understanding. Now, it, it, Italy left. Now, we, influ- we got a lot of influence. Because of that, we, Eritrea, Eritrea got a lot of influence by the Italian culture. Mm-hmm. Hence, that's why we have you know, a lot of, we talk with our hands. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk, we kind of talk like Italians. Our mannerisms are like, the, like mm-hmm. you know, um, our architecture, our, our buildings, it's all Italian based, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. Cafe, cafe shops, pasta, like stuff like that. Uh, my grandma speaks full in Italian. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. It's wild, and I say it like that because you know they don't teach us that here. Eritrea and in, in, in Italian means red land. Is it the clay? Mm. The clay, yeah. Mm. That's wild, dude. I never even. I need to. I need to. I need to research more of. Eritrea. I need to. I need to really get into it. Me too. I, yeah. Me too. Me too. I, def- I have I a friend. Know, I don't know much. I mean, I know the little bits and pieces and stuff. You know. I have a friend who's listening to the podcast. We had a, a bachelor party this weekend, and he shout out to Goose. He um shout out used Goose. to listen to my old podcast, and he was just he's just a good good guy. Good was fan. he Top Gun too? Fan of the fan of the fan of the pod. Uh, yeah. Top Gun, yeah. And he was like, dude. He's like Chase. Mm. is from Eritrea. I was mm. like, how do you know? He's like, I listen to the podcast. I'm like, oh, that's cute. And he's like, dude, research Eritrea. He's like, it is, it, it's a really interesting place. He's like, the history, the culture. He's like, everything that's happened there, you know, and and their place in that African society and kind of, you know, the what they've been able to produce as far as like, yeah, it's a lot. artists and you know things like oh, that. Yeah. It's like artist. Um, I'm like, all right, I guess I gotta, you know, even like the just the natural resources there that are there mm-hmm. and that. Um, we, I mean, we, there's signs, there's, there's anthropology, anthropology, anthropological, anthropological, got it. I was, I was going to get there. Anthro, there's a lot of anthro, <laughs> anthro anthropology, anthro evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Anthropologists have gathered a lot of evidence that. Yes. Yes. Um, that 
um, states that there's the sign the, the the people who are who are from there are like where the original people were like yeah. were from, like the first signs of like humans or whatever, right? So there's a lot of history there in that region of Africa, um, especially with Ethiopia. Us sharing that 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 culture with them, um, yeah, it's deep. I I I. <laughs> Started writing a pilot for. Uh, I want to write it as a movie, but I just started like writing it as a pilot. But I just started like writing it. I've been writing it for like five years. It's not finished. It's not obviously. It's not. I mean, it's definitely not edited. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna be. Called, I wrote it. It's called the. Um, and I'll, I'll finish it at some point um, when I know how to write. <laughs> But it's called The Lost Fight, right? It's a good title. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big title guy. Huge <laughs> title guy. You give me something to look at, I'll boom. Like this, this television here that's unplugged. Trash. You can't just say trash. It's not a piece of <laughs> You could have said The Lost Fight. That would have even been a better title. <laughs> um. Yeah, so basically, it's a story about pretty much the the how the conflict between Eritrea and Ethiopia started, gathered, and kind of you know some, it kind of gives like history between the the people there. Mm-hmm. And there was a movie actually that was called the Red the Red Sea, Red Sea, and I think it was done by Chris Pratt. It was on Netflix, mm-hmm. and actually, um, Omar from The Wire, mm-hmm. Michael. Um, Jesus, I can't believe I forgot his last name. Porter Jr. Um, no, that's no. the best. <laughs> he is not for me. But Omar from The Wire, Michael. Yeah. Um, Jesus, I can't believe I forgot his last name. Who passed away recently? Great actor. He was mm-hmm. in it, and it kind of has. A, it kind of has like a little Hollywoodish type of like thing to it. Yeah, it's not hundred percent accurate, but it kind of gives a a broad brush. It's like what went down over there. Oh shit. Um, but they really need to do. I feel like someone really needs to kind of really uh, someone who's a really good director, good writer, needs to really kind of write a movie that really outlines like what happened over there because Africa in general has so many wars mm-hmm. that the rest of the world doesn't know about. Mm-hmm. Africa is the only country in the world, like only continent in the world where there's so much conflict that the rest of the global world doesn't fucking know about. It really blows my mind. It's like worse than the Middle East, you know, like, yeah. like the, cause like, yeah, I feel like know. there's civil wars. I feel like there's, uh, I feel like there's like international wars that they're fighting, and then I feel like there's, um, it, like there's land grabs. There's like resource wars. There's so- yeah. Africa is like just a very, ter- like yeah. at, from my view, which is very limited in scope, it's a turbulent place. There's a lot of yeah. Yeah, tumult. Lot. It's a lot, a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot yeah. of shit. And you, and you just pretty much out. You just describe pretty much all those um, descriptions, and that's what Eritrea and Ethiopia war was about: land grab, um, p- border resources, p- resources, politics, geopolitics, yeah, all that shit. You know, tri- you know, all that shit. Tribe, tribal, like group. Thing, you know, all that shit. This is why I'm trying to tell you, as like an individual who is an immigrant that has an immigrant mentality, right? We understand, especially Eritreans and Ethiopians, we understand what the aftermath's gonna be mm-hmm. if this country goes down that road. Yeah. We've already been through it. Yeah. 
So that's why a lot of us is like, we're just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's like, we just don't understand. We're just like, what are you doing? Because we left 35 years ago, 40 years ago from places that's already done this. Yeah. <laughs> we came here solely to fucking, be, to, to only, only not be part of that anymore. Yeah. You know, we we want to be in a place that didn't hold those type of things, you know? So it's crazy. So that's why I'm like very, you know, when it comes to that, I'm very like serious about that. When I talk to people about the whole thing, what's going on now, sure. you, you know, there's identity politics here. Now people are separated, divided people, you, got, you know, people like fucking vegan ice cream are fighting with the people who like fucking regular ice cream. Jesus Christ. People. Now you're going to have people unlitted that versus the, premium. That might be the most hot butted, uh, hot button. Vegan ice cream is pretty good, man. I heard it's pretty good. And I it's heard. I heard there's a couple, there's a couple brands that that you know that can get by. FOMO. Okay. The South End is. What about good. Halo? Oh. Who you fucking think you're talking to, bro? I want to drop one of DJ DJ Clues bombs. You know what? We didn't drop a bomb last. Drop it. Go ahead. Yeah, that's I'm, that's great. That was I've always had ice cream. Uh, ice cream. My dad. I remember my dad was telling me stories in Sudan. My dad uh, worked at a, he worked at for something at a. I don't know what he did in Sudan, but he worked. <laughs> um, and he would get me ice cream as a kid. Oh. And, and, and you know, that's the thing we understand. Like people are. My dad. There's there's stories of my dad and my mom telling me, and I you know remember like with milk. There's, there was a shortage of milk. That when you said so ice you cream milk, in Africa, I was like, like, is that a thing? That's a th- yeah, like it's you you are people like they they get geared up. Like it's like if you have it, that's like, oh wow. You that's got, a luxury. You got, you got yeah. Bro, some shit happened to me this weekend that kind of put put me in that place. Not not didn't make me think of Africa, but maybe yeah. they shut the water off here for like four hours. And, I, and I'm sitting here going like, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm fucking ready to lose my mind because I can't get water for four hours. And I, but I could go down. I mean, I went down the street sure. and got a bottle of water. Sure. And I'm just like, right. what the fuck would I ever do in a country where like, they just shut the water off. They just shut the electricity off. They do that. It's truly wild country, until yeah. it happens. They do it after like a certain amount, a certain time. Yeah. Like, I think like seven o'clock. They just shut the, you know, they just shut the lights off and you're on your own. They're like, hey, figure it out. <laughs> what the fuck? Get, get candles, get fire, you know, and they, and we do, and we do figure it out because oh. you adapt and you, you're so used to it. You know, water is not, I mean, running water, pff, fucking kidding me. You gotta go to fucking the river. That's wild. The whatever, walk, get it, boom, walk, yeah. and then that's what you do. If I showed you pictures of like my grandmother's house where we, where she lived, <laughs> like the village, people don't even know how to fuck it. God forbid if water, there was no like running water and people had to wash their clothes manually here. They wouldn't even know where oh to start, God. dude. I'd throw half my clothes out. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much to do. Yeah. So, Fuck. Yeah. So we. Uh, well. Yeah. So welcome. So, yeah. So it's like you know coming. I think as an individual. No, not. I don't think I know. Me as an individual, I always base my thought process on appreciation uh-huh. um, for what I have. Always. Yeah, would I like fucking cool shit and, you know, better, a lot more better things? Yeah. But where I came from, dude, this is what we, this right here, mm-hmm. they're not doing it. 
Yeah. They don't have this. It's wild. We can't even talk freely. Yeah. There's no freedom of speech. There's no fucking, no. It's, this is how we think because this is, uh, you know, pretty much this is our ideologies. You either buy in or you're an outcaster. <sighs> yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no court of public, there's no fucking due, due process. Oh, you, you don't like it? You don't like it here? We'll, we'll, we'll put you in here for fucking 20 years. Oh, God. Military? No assigned time service. We tell you when you leave. <sighs> These are real. This is real shit, dude. Yeah, that's fucking wild. So when I don't, like, I get really, like, fucking aggravated when, like, when I deal with people who don't, like, possess appreciation. I have a problem I'm so with that. sorry that we don't have the seltzer drink that you like here. This podcast is over. I feel like you kind of went through the history of Eritrea and mm-hmm. documented your family's struggles only to say how disappointed you are that I don't have the Polish seltzers that you enjoy when you come to the studio. But God damn it, Chase, we're going to have them next week. <laughs> and you'll never have to worry about it again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, but yeah, I was thinking well, that. Thank you for asking the question a little bit. I think it's important backstory. for people to get context. I know sometimes it can be a little heavy, but I think it's important to get yeah. context because it's, it's a very interesting story. I just didn't know. I just thought you come over and you were here. Yeah, I didn't realize that there was the v- there was the visa oh. process. There was, you know, and then yeah. you know, I'm sh- and then I didn't even get into like the uh, trying to adopt the the biggest part the, is trying to assimilate. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even talk. We didn't, that's a whole other thing too. Yeah, you know, being called African booty scratcher, being called go back <sighs> to Africa. You know, was that what that percentage shit. of that was coming from people that looked like you versus people that didn't look like you? Like, were you getting were you getting it from both angles? Were black people and white people kind of treating you differently? It was way. I mean, it was more more black. It was more white people, for yeah, sure. Um, I mean, the cultural differences between like Americans who are here versus Africa, there was a little bit of that, but not much, you know. Um, but you know, it was you know we had to fight through that. You know, mm-hmm. got bullied in school. You know. My parents coming, my mom coming in to pick me up from you know from school, and you know she would smell like our our food, like mm-hmm. she would smell like our food. People like making fun of that. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad giving me haircuts on his own. Yeah, that's an African thing for yep. sure. It's, a, it's an Italian thing too. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the way yeah. you know, I mean, you guys, I mean, but you guys are known for styling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haircuts. Oh, I would love to get a haircut by an old Italian guy. A little different. Little different. <laughs> a little different with African hair. <laughs> Chase, like, can I get a, a, a like the the comb over part look? Oh, my it's dad, like, my, no, I, I, get I, it. What we give you? I want back in the eighties. You know what was in the mushroom cut? The mushroom cut, dude. Yeah, I didn't, but I didn't know I was an idiot because I always had all my friends were white, so they yeah. had like really like kind of straight hair. Yeah, so I'm I fucking hate, I like hated my name because I wanted to be like I wanted to be named like Adam, and yeah, Eric, because everyone was like, like that's what it was. So when they had haircuts like that, I was like, I need to, I want to be like them. I want to assimilate. Yeah. So, but me, cause I'm an idiot. I don't want no texture. <laughs> so I took my dad. I was like, dad, I want to get a haircut. Like, like Adam Schroeder. Yeah. You know, shout out to Adam Schroeder. Yeah. Shout out to Adam Schroeder. Always wear sweatpants with a city on the, that said the city on the, on the <sighs> leg. On the right leg. On the right leg. Yeah. That's what that one was in. Salem mass, baby. <laughs> I know those sweatpants so well. <laughs> those, 
I know those sweatpants. I think I've only had one. But I had the Andover ones, and then I had to get rid of them. Yeah, I felt like the ones. I felt like the people who had like the sweatpants that were from like really good areas like didn't count. I didn't want to wear them because every time we, we saw a kid that was like had marble head fucking sweats, we like go fuck yeah. yourself. Yeah, you know, or the ones that were like you know, I don't know. I never liked to wear any of the gear, especially when we go play towns like Drake it or like Lawrence. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, we're gonna get fucking spanked, and we're gonna look like assholes with these new. Well, you sweatpants can tell on. which like groups of t- like which people like were, were towns that were like well off versus the ones who weren't. Yeah, because the sweatpants that were like well off, they were clean. Yeah, they they didn't have holes in them. They didn't have like football yeah. shit. You yeah. know, you guys were clean. Yeah, like, your sweats were clean. Like yeah. I was from cities where it wasn't clean. We fucking yeah. fought and rolled around, played football in it, and wore it the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just washed it and wore it. Oh, dude. It was wild. It's funny you mentioned hair because that's something, too, that I was always jealous of, too. Like, I always wanted, I always wanted that, like, Swiss haircut, the Swiss German haircut where it was, like, Mm. like, Dolph Lundgren. Yes. I just wanted my hair to be light and, like, I could move it around, but also just to stay. And I had, like, you know. Just Arab. was huge at that time. Yeah. Luke Perry was my nigga. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, I want to look like Luke See, Perry. you wanted to look like him. I say Swiss and German, but what I really wanted it was the Will Smith and Fresh Prince um, oh. kind of high top fade. I didn't start rocking high tops until I was like in like the seventh grade. Yeah. Sixth grade, seventh grade. When Crisscross came out. Yeah. That's when I started wearing it. Yep. But in my early days, like my elementary school and like, you know, one through like four or five, it was like, I want to look like Adam Schroeder. Yeah. Take me to Supercuts right now. Yeah. And that's what happened. My first, like, white barber experience was at Supercuts by a woman who said she can fade. She couldn't fade. You said it. Yeah. <laughs> it just was a line across my, like, yeah. you know, and just there was no fade. Yeah. I already had a receding hairline at five. <laughs> just, you know, because, you know, East Africans were either known yeah, for yeah. our big foreheads yeah. you know, or domes, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, all right, dude. Yep. And I and then I was bullied by these two kids called Dana and Jamie. Always, Dana and Jamie. Fucking Jamie. It's da- always Dana and Jamie. I actually had very uh, good college friends da- named Dana and Jamie. Mm. But there was the element where I'm like, you have the bully gene if you have those names. And they had be- they had like mongoose bikes. Oh wow! And I had a huffy, and they would make fun mm. of me. Oh, you. I fucking liked Huffies, but then you looked at a mongoose and you're like, oh, it was like a Honda. It's like Huffies were like having a Honda and and a and a mongoose was like having an Acura where you're like, it's just a little bit nicer. I, I For me, it was a little different. I felt like Huffies were made for fat kids. Yeah. And I was one. Of, I was a fat, chubby kid. Sure. So it was like it was heavy. Mm-hmm. You could tell like the, the the materials were made in like Detroit. Yeah. You know, mongoose was made, I think, in Japan or something like that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, the, I had an, a purple Iron Man bike, which is what, like, 50-year-old octogenarians used to ride. It was tough. But growing up was tough, like, especially in my early days, just, like, with the just trying to accept, like, trying to figure my shit out and where do I fit in. The one thing that saved me was sports. Yeah. That's the only thing it's that made me connect denominator. with. denominator. Yeah, that's the only thing that, that connected with me with, like, just kids my age and, like, people who were just different from me. I was just good in sports. And they were like, okay, this kid's fucking good. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I was good, like, as yeah. a kid. Like, so, not like fucking Daryl Strawberry good, but like, for your city, like, yeah. people people knew what's up. Yeah. 
<laughs> that must have been nice. But it was good. Yeah. You know, playing sports, man. That's why I'm so into sports because it saved, it's really saved my, my, my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, just because at the end of the day, man, it's like you can be from Africa, you can be from Italy, you can be from Lebanon, you can be from Asia, you can be from wherever, man. It's like Jeff Dye, who's a, like a comedian, who's a friend of mine, he said something I always remember. He goes, it's hard to hate up close. It is. You know? Yeah. But you got to make that step. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to make that step. You know, it's hard to hate up close. Mm -hmm. So, got to get close to people. And a lot of you can understand people. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, it was a great, great experience. I got sworn in. I'm going to tell you right now, I get to get a passport. We're traveling, baby. Let's go. And we're traveling. Best part about a passport? Get stamps. Should I get the big book or the little book? I heard there's a big book one passport and a little book passport. Um, I have just the regular one. I don't know what, what other ones are. But I would get the card, too. Get the passport card. Card? I have a little card on my wallet okay. in here. What's, what's that deal? What's that? It's, like a, it's, just a, it's just an international ID. The passport is a, the passport is diplomatic. Like the passport, you if you lose the passport, you're fucked. You're fucked, right? But if you lose your little passport card, it's just a plastic card. It's basically like a license. It's, it serves as a photo ID, whereas a passport will get you into a country. I just like the extra little right. thing. I thought it was possibly like a little like it gets you into like the boom boom room or something. Well, when I show airport. it, like if I don't want someone to know that I'm from Massachusetts. I'll show them my U.S. passport card because they'll see Assad. They'll look at my face and they'll be like, yeah, you're a U.S. citizen, but this doesn't feel like, feels different. I'm going to tell you something. Do you know what was the second, like, thing that people said once I told them I got sworn in as a citizen? Just guess. What was, like, the second thing that they would, the follow-up? What are you going to do now? That's a fair question. Yeah. I would expect that from you. Yeah. But it wasn't. You know what 90% of what people said when I once told them, once I, once I told them I was a citizen? They go, really? You don't, you, I thought you were already, you don't have an accent. Yeah. Well, you don't, yeah, yes. Like, your, so your, your first fact, name or your, well, what you go by is Chase. Yeah, Chase is my, yeah, yeah. Chase is my nickname. Yeah. yeah, like it's my shit, you know what I mean? Abel's my first name, people know that. But, but you, but you, but you also... Don't you? You're very Boston. Well, like dude, the, check this out, right? I'm an immigrant African refugee from East Africa that moves from those ruthless like situation that you can imagine and moves to, to another the most ruthless, second <laughs> ruthless place in the fucking country, in yeah. Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. So, do I have a little irritability? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? Isn't it insane that I ref- I think of you more when I first met you as a Bostonian, more than I'm like, oh, this person's African. He's from Africa. I'm I'm African. you're very bo- you're but you're yeah. also very Boston. That's a really hard thing to be is very African and very Boston. Look what my friend just texted me, and we're talking about this. this. Is why I believe in energy. Read what she said. East African royalty. Dot dot dot. <laughs> Could she send that to me? <laughs> <Could she? laughs> well, congratulations! That's exciting. I think it's um, I think it's a very good symbolic. Um, you just type in your address. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I think um, you must feel kind of more solidified. Well, how, what does it feel like? Well, I was gonna. I was gonna say like I don't know. I I I don't, but I do. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm. I feel a little. I do feel solidified, but I don't know if it's. If it's like if it means anything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because what I'm saying is, and I'm gonna try to articulate this the best I can. Because you guys know I'm great with words. Um, <laughs> I've been here for so long, like I've never felt that I wasn't American. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't want to take feel, that away from you. I don't know if I feel like it's right for me to say that now I am officially an American because a paper says so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's even how I should kind of be thinking. What I'm saying is I've never felt that I wasn't non-American. I think, so, I think that's more the most important thing. And I think not that's to some what, people, though. That's what people need to realize is like the, the best thing. I couldn't even tell until I met you, until I got to know you more, that you were not from here. I just thought this person was born here. They lived in Malden or they lived in wherever you said you were from. Right. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. This feels right. It feels right. Yeah. And then you learn more about someone and you're like, holy shit. So do you think this whole thing of like naturalization and like people, um, you know, spending thousands of dollars to get, you know, to have a piece of paper, you know, or the government recognize you as one of theirs. <sighs> is, is it, does it matter, Doug? Yeah, I mean, I mean, what is your take on that? Because I always felt that I was, but I guess there's people out there that really think, hey, if you weren't technically born here or go- went through the process the right way, quote unquote, right mm-hmm. way, then you're not. Yeah, it's tough. What it's it, tough. I look at saying? it from two ways. In my gut, in my heart, I'm like, that doesn't matter. Okay. There's, there's no. You, you doing that test or not? I still would feel as though, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to me. When I look at it from a um, like a political, or not even political, but like taxes and the benefits, making of benefits the of being right. in here, voting like, and uh, I think that, army service, I, yeah, things of that sort. Yeah. I think I do Jobs. think that's important. It I don't is. think we. I don't want us to build a wall. I'm not one of those people, even close to that. Mm-hmm. But I do think if you look at other countries, it's like. Could I just move to Italy or could I just do this? It's like, no, there's, there's things that you have to do sure. in order to get in there. I believe, yeah. But I think we, we make things so fucking political mm-hmm. and, um, and racial and economic. It, it, you know, it's just, it's really tough. I, and I think it's sad because, like, I think if they knew your experience, it's like this is, this is just an, a special moment yeah. um, to, to, to celebrate and to be excited about. Um, and I think more people should, I do, I think there should be like a good feeling and a warm feeling about this where it's like, yeah, I'm an American. This is great. But, but you were always an American. Thank you. And I think that's what the whole thing, that, that's what this whole thing is about is, is, uh, appreciating the culture that you brought to the United States. I think that's something that is important and that's why people want to be here. And that's what it used to be about. And then 
Ah, oh, fuck, what was the last thing? I thought it was just so fucking amazing. I came in with such good energy. We'll come back to you. We'll come back to you. But I think it's a special thing, and I think it's. I think the, the way that this country's going, people need to stop and pause and realize, like, hey, we're pretty. it's pretty fucking great to be here. Even in the shitty situations, it's pretty great to be here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Um, yeah, even I told a few people, or you know, there were some people that were like, well, you know, oh, that's great, but should go. I mean... They were like, oh, why? The place is a shithole anyways. You know, there was, there was definitely, like, the opposite of that. And I can, I know what they, I know what they mean. Yeah. I know what they mean. Um, I think any person who's a great example to explain the American idea <laughs> is an immigrant. Yes. Who yeah. came from a place that. I think they're their only example. Like they should not. Nah, no, I let me take that back. I don't think they should be the only example, but I think they should be one of the primary ones. No, I think they, they should, should be like be the infantry, like the Marines. They yes. should be like if you want if you want someone to explain to you what their idea of America is, it should be someone who's not from here mm-hmm. because but spent a lot of time here and understands it mm-hmm. because they get both sides and they can yeah. break and they can break down the the whole thing. Yeah. Now, if you're just getting the one aspect of it from a person who just pretty much grew, born here, his family was born here, they have their own thing. It's right? a lie, though. That, to me, is a lie. To say, to, for me to go, I'm more American than you are, that's a fucking, that's a lie. It's a lie. Just because I was born here yeah. doesn't mean that I relate to the larger sentiment about being an American, because the larger sentiment about being an American is being an immigrant. And coming here and establishing yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, integrating yourself into the culture and, Word. you know, doing all those things. That is, you know. Yeah. And why wouldn't, why, and why should we feel like it, you know, and why should we find something else to replace that? I don't, I, I don't you know, like, or I don't find think, other reasons we should replace that idea. Like, I don't think there is. I think people have this, like, go travel, like. If anyone is listening and like, oh, America sucks, it's like, you know what? Yeah, there's the they're, 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 the food here is poison, yes, but but you can also not get food like that. You know, there's 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 all for every negative thing I can think of, and I've said I used to be that big like, fuck this, I'm moving, I'm going somewhere else. Like this, the government, the people, it's like, <sighs> go go to other countries and see for yourself. Yeah, you know. Go to other countries and see for yourself first and then realize like mm-hmm. that sense of relief. Yeah. I mean, even coming back from Italy, I was like coming back to Boston. I stepped right. off the plane. There was a very small, albeit it was very small because it wasn't like we're going on like a mission to Italy, you sure. know, building houses. We were building. Yeah. You weren't on a mission. We, we, right? I was building, you know. Yeah. You weren't building like churches Yonke. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Pasta towers. But there was that little bit of like, ah, okay, well, we're back in, we're back in the United States. My, I went last week to my parents' house last weekend, right? I walked in the house. My dad was in full camouflage USA gear. <laughs> Eating African food. Yeah. <laughs> Doing like yard work. Yeah. Yeah. Just if you don't, if that doesn't tell you, like, and this is a man who's proud to be an African. Like, yep. But he's also American. Yeah. If my dad went to Africa right now, he'd be back in two weeks. That's the th- 
That's the thing. He can survive. Don't and it's not and that's not that's not a dig on like no. You should embrace your culture. You should embrace like Le, like Lebanon has such a rich and beautiful culture. Like I try to embrace aspects of that culture, f- mainly food. But then it's like, okay, what would I ever want to go to? Like, no, I don't want to live in Lebanon. There's so many things there that just are backwards and that we don't ha- that we already have kind of figured out here. Yeah. Yeah. I think if everyone stopped focusing on that, that like, yeah, but this, it's like, all right. So mm. if, if you feel like you're not getting hurt, there's never been a better time to be heard in this country. And now. There's never been a better time. Even the people who are saying racist shit are being heard. a civil rights movement. Yeah. But for sure. Yeah. But no, but what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. That, I'm not saying yeah. it's all peachy. I'm not saying, yeah, I know so, It's not peachy, yeah. but it's like, if you ever felt, I mean, we're being heard right now by people. Yeah. You know? Unfortunately, we're being heard by people a lot of times, too, by idiots as well. Yeah. You know, so that's the thing. You got two fucking spectrums there. You got people who actually do say things based on facts and based on informed opinions and informed information. And, you know, they're leading towards, like, getting to a certain place. And it seems like they're fighting or going against people that are just saying shit Mm -hmm. because they have the ability to because they have a phone. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's always like this thing. What's, you know, what are the actual... What's the real facts? What's the real information? You know, are there facts anymore? There's so many bots out there. That's the thing. That's how fucking stupid I feel like we all are. Yeah. 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 You get upset about something and then you're like, that's not, that's a bot. That's a bot that's commenting and being divisive and making someone feel as though Mm -hmm. we should, you know, get rid of a certain type of person here. Or like, that's literally another country or another thing, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm just trying to get you to feel a certain way it's fucking crazy dude i think travel is a big thing it opens up people's eyes you know um i've said this on another podcast before and i always will say it. it's like you know how you measure a man you measure a man based on distance traveled mm-hmm. yep yeah go so travel. get out man like, and you don't to even have to go out. you don't have to go to italy or you don't have no. to even go to like wherever africa italy, go to whatever. brooklyn go to <laughs> Just hop, go if you're if you're from Wyoming. If I have any listeners from Wyoming, Midwest, or any place that you don't see any other people that doesn't look like you, fucking say you know what, or Th- Queens, or yeah, any of those boroughs, <laughs> yeah, any of the boroughs. Even them boroughs have borough pride. Yeah, yeah. There's some shit. People <laughs> say some shit where it's like Queens is Queens is almost like <laughs> he wasn't saying too diverse, but he's like you're gonna see some shit there that like. There's 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 real authentic right. and there's stuff where it's like I didn't even know that that was a country, yeah. You know, and it's and it's like they go heavy in in like Queens and Brooklyn, like. But like, yeah, there's places here. It's like in front of us. Right it's all in front of us. A train, a train ride away. Yeah. Uh, a bus away. An Uber away. A plane away. You gotta want. You gotta want to yeah. do it. That's it, you know? Have you been solicited by any women now that they know you're a citizen? Um, a few. A few. One woman asked if she could be the first real American woman that I could have sex with because I'm a official American now. Yep. So she offered her her her, uh, her vajayjay and, um, you know, I don't know, as a gift. Interesting. As she's like, you're, you're an official as American. I want to be the first American, like... I want you to like as a cultural housewarming gift. Great point. Wow. Great example. 
I declined. <laughs> okay. I declined. But uh Was she a US citizen? I don't I don't really It'd be funny if you declined because she wasn't a US citizen. <laughs> I'm I'm a little better. You're now. like, nah, I only fuck with citizens. I'm so a little better now. Build the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so go take your test. Go no, take but your yeah, you, you need to go take the test. <laughs> Did you vote? I'm calling ICE. Who's your house of representatives? That's dark. Who's, who represents you? <sighs> what district are you from? Are you going to vote in the midterm elections? I mean, all these questions are like, I'm, I got fucking ready. I want you to become a political pundit now. Dude, I'm running citizen. for fucking something. I don't know what I'm going to do, but you I'm can. Running. I'm running. Now I can. Yeah. If I can run for president, I might change that. I mean, you don't want to run for president. No one should be. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to. Yeah, you're probably right. I want to be kind of like, I don't want to be a mayor, but I want to be like, like a house rep. Yeah. Like a speaker of the house. One out of 135 people, they, yep. they're not going to give a fuck about a my borough, opinion. A borough president. Yeah. Right. Central Square, Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. That, just that region. I want to represent area, that yeah. area. Earthy, crunchy people. Yeah. Kale salads. Whatever you want. There's still some hardworking people in Central oh, Square. Oh, I didn't say I want to allude to that they're not hardworking. I'm just saying that's. But you can appeal to the others too. Of course. Yeah, you know a I'll good go to Somerville. You, I mean, you, you enjoy a Halo top <laughs> from time to time. I would be, I would be, I would be for the people. Yeah, because um, I'll be in the streets. You know, you know what I'd be like? I would be like Clubber, Clubber Lang and Rocky Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he was yep. <laughs> giving turkeys or whatever yep. the fuck he was doing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, one of, the, one of those guys. Oh, man. <laughs> Like, I'd definitely be rough around the edges, but people would vote for me because they're like, we we got this guy. Yeah. You know? I just got to get my, um, what's the thing I'm talking about? I got to get my, uh, in order to do those type of things, I have to get a little bit more um, smarter. <laughs> I gotta get, like, yep. I got I to gotta know things. When you were looking around, did you, um, were you kind of like, <laughs> can, I, can, I, can, I, can I say something before yeah. you say that? I was listening to like the Joe Rogan podcast and there was an episode with um, fucking uh, BJ Penn who was like a huge UFC legend fought like yep. everybody in all different weight classes, right? He's running for governor of Hawaii. He's a UFC fucking fighter, dude. Yeah. Right? No ounce of geological politics or nope. there's nothing. Yeah. First question on the podcast, Joe goes, so they're talking about taxes and he goes, so what's the what's the taxes in uh, Hawaii? What's the state taxes? He, his answer? I'm not sure, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and he look he's looking to his yeah. like corner. I'm like, if this guy can run for governor of Hawaii, yeah, I could run for fucking. You, you could know. be a town selectman easily. I just want I just want to be in an, I want to be involved in politics just enough so I can have my own parking space in the city that I live in, and no mm-hmm. one can tow my car. That's it. Like, like I, that type of power. I don't want to be in politics. I used to Free always coffee? think that. I used to always think, man, I, I should be a cop or I should do something where, like, you just get plugged in. You just, it's, we just want to be townies. You, do you know who the fuck you'd be great at, dude? You know who you should be? You'd be the fucking, uh, the most cleanest, sophisticated clerk magistrate. <laughs> I was not expecting that. 
I was. What is? We're gonna look it up too. Of, of any. Yeah. You have a clerk magistrate fucking energy about you. In dude? Massachusetts, the clerk magistrate hearing, also referred to as the pro, probable cause hearing or simply clerk's hearing, is a legal process where an official of the court determines if probable cause existed to issue a criminal complaint. What does a clerk magistrate in Massachusetts do? Clerk magistrates may hold hearings and make rulings for small claims uh, like motor vehicle violations. Oh, God, I want to be a clerk magistrate. Your office would be so decked out. Yeah. With like. They'd be like, are you a Supreme? Were you a previously a Supreme Court? No. Just the best fucking clerk magistrate you've ever seen. And the judge always calls you for stuff. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with like, like judge shit. No, because the judge is like, I have to fucking deal with violent criminals all day. And I have to decide whether or not. You know the crimes that they were they actually committed mm-hmm. these crimes i cannot deal with yeah. this 78 year old woman and and we have to figure out should we take her license away word and i'm like oh that's my wheelhouse bro and i'll dig into it we'll get into it you've got clerk magistrate because it's all you. petty shit Dude, you also, but not only would you be like the clerk magistrate, you also would hold a position as the board on the board for liquor licenses. Yeah, there would be that. You'd be that guy. Yeah, you're you the guy who gets the like like gives liquor licenses. You're that guy. Yeah, because clerk magistrates in Massachusetts, I feel like, are bigger deals than. And I and I and I go. I pick a nice town to live in. You're. I'm thinking you're more like Barnstable County. Oh, see, no, no, it's got to be North Shore. Okay. It's got to be, or even the city, Suffolk County. Suffolk County clerk magistrate. See, that's too good, though. Suffolk County, that's like (laughs) best in the space. Yeah, Yeah. you got to work your way up. So I got to start somewhere like... um, Lynn. I got to start somewhere like Lynn. Lynn. I got to start somewhere like Chelsea. Yeah, you need to get some like meth experience, methadone experience, like crack I I have to have a couple assassination attempts under my belt. A couple letters. Yep. For sure. (laughs) Yep. There's like a little bit of like, is he, does he only give, but it would be reverse racism where they would be like, he only prosecutes affluent white men. (laughs) (laughs) He he has not prosecuted, he has not prosecuted a single black mother in the last decade. You'd be the white guy that's only going after the most toxic, like, yeah. r- like guys of like, like you, but the white people would be like, they're like, but they don't get mad at you. They don't know that cause they have no idea. And it would be something so simple as, as me just sitting there looking through something. And then the lawyer being like, your honor, my, my client uh, insists on, and I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. This hasn't started yet. And I'd look up slowly from my ledger and I'd see who it was. Yeah. Guy just looking at his watch, you know, gold watch i'm like it. this guy's going in i could see it for a parking violation yep magistrate assad <sighs> wow it's a dictator name it's kind of is it's no it, it isn't kind of it's a it's mm. the, the current the power structure the power <laughs> the power dynamics and the sharing of the powers and the and the back and forth bend of powers between like judicial brand like like judicial shit like judges and Lawyers and oh, yeah. the whole it, people don't understand. It's scary. It's scary. It man. is. That's why I'm like, you look know what? Many, look how many freaking African Americans now, black black people now, are being freed out of jail. I, I can't even. It makes me so. And these motherfuckers are like still wondering. Oh, there's no systematic racism. 
Oh, it makes me so fucking angry, dude. Are yeah, you yeah. Fucking out your mind. Hello. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Sorry. Is he a comedian? I'm just kidding. Yeah. We probably bleep that out. We'll bleep that. Just time that. Oh man. I know. I know. It's wild. I think that's my character, though. Yeah, I love that. And you know what you do in that situation, too? Because those guys, those clerk magistrates, just like any cop who's in a town, like a little town, yeah, Cambridge or whatever, they know the top state trooper or they'll know the top judge or the top lawyer because they run in those circles. So for me, if I have the in with them, that means I go into any bar, any restaurant, and it's that's the dream. You never want to be the guy, though. You never want to be the top lawyer in Boston because everyone's knocking down your door, or friends, family, things like that. I want to be the guy that knows that guy. Yeah. The buffer. You know how it goes, man. You know how it goes. It's You don't want to be the guy that owns the boat. You want to be the guy that knows the guy that owns, that the, owns boat. the boat. Yeah. Come yeah. on. It's the same type of thing. Boston Celtics. Hard transition. Ooh. They beat themselves. <laughs> we had kind of a sports show going for a little. Let me just say to the listeners, if this is the first yeah. time you're, we had a, we had a couple episodes that were recapping the NBA finals, and uh, needless to say, it didn't go well. The episodes were fine. I thought I thought we did a good job, but the series and uh, a lot of people, a lot of very credible sports analysts in the media are questioning Jason Tatum. Now, I don't know if we want to roll the tape back, but that was something I brought up um, a couple episodes ago. (laughs) And I said, you know, I like a vocal leader. I like someone who takes over the game. And, you know, we all kind of thought Steph Curry was maybe getting to the backside, turning the backside of his career, and then he lit the fucking Celtics up for three games in a row. Game four, where they were up, no, I'm sorry, two, I'm sorry, game, yeah, game four, mm-hmm. when they were up 2-1, when they lost, the way they lost, it was over. Yeah, can't come back from that. And my other argument still holds true, Draymond Green is the most overrated player to ever play the basketball, to ever play uh, the game of basketball. That's, a, that's not, that's, I think that's, it's true. Uh, it's 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 a false statement. Statistically, he contributed very little. Well, if you're based, I mean, how do you, I mean you're gonna measure a man based off like one like one series? You, you, this guy's been in the league for many years. He's won four championships. You're gonna disregard like other things that he's done. Um, I don't think he's won. You the are a clerk magistrate. You're like fuck this. Yes, I am. Where's the stamp? You don't have your stamp. <laughs> Traymond Green, you're out. <laughs> No bail. Even Clay. No, I get it. I get what he does. But Listen, I, I, I thought this was an embarrassing series for him because he looked like a fool, like barreling around the court, not doing anything productive. He and a, He had a triple-double last game. I'm out. Draymond Green. Let me, be, let me just say this. Draymond Green was not the reason why the Golden State Warriors won that series. No. Clay Thompson wasn't the reason why the Golden State Warriors won that series. Jordan Poole wasn't the reason why they won that series. Even Jermaine Wiggins, who actually kind of had way more shining Andrew, moments Andrew than Wiggins. both of those guys, yeah. 
didn't win the series for the Golden State Warriors. I won't even say Steph Curry was the reason why they won that series. You know who won the fucking thing? The reason why the fucking Golden State won? Because the Celtics beat themselves. Yeah, the Celtics made everything harder for they themselves. They made it so fucking hard for themselves. And Golden State is such a championship experienced team. They capitalize on mistakes. And that's what championship teams do. Mm-hmm. You cannot turn over the ball 20 fucking times in the NBA Finals. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Would you bring your kid to the game the way that Jason Tatum brings his kid? No. Would, yeah. It's too much. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, listen, you know, when it's, when you talk about people's kids and shit like that, I'm not talking about his specific kids specifically, but I'm just saying like the whole fucking energy about bringing your kid to games and bringing them into the press conference and post game. I don't know. That's a distraction. I just don't know. Like, Hey, if you win a championship, if you win a game and if you just, and the sun's there, <laughs> listen, I can't bring I can't bring. I don't have kids, but I I can't bring. Fucking, I wish my dad brought me to work as yeah. much as as much as Jason. I mean, he's a good dad. You can tell he's a great dad. But it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be that guy, dude. If my if my dad brought me to to his work all the time, they'd be like, "Yo, you're ki- you, you, they they'd kick me out." Yeah, they'd be like, "What are you doing? It's you too know, much. It's just a lot." And it's just like, eh, listen, I don't know. The NBA is basically a players' league. Yeah. You know, and they make a lot of money for the fucking the, the league, right? So it is what it is. You know what I mean? What do we have to do next year? What changes do you anticipate seeing next year? We need veterans. We need a veteran. We need a point guard. We need mm-hmm. a floor general for sure mm-hmm. that can run with the first and second unit, who is a vocal and who's going to be able to tell Tatum, "Yo, Tatum, you just shot three four threes in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't make. You didn't attempt to even go into the post." You're not going to touch this fucking possession. We're going to throw it down on Al Horford, and we're mm-hmm. going to move the ball. We need someone who's going to be vocal. Marcus Smart's vocal, but he's not a point guard. You know what I mean? Yeah. He has too many turnovers for a point guard. Yep, you're he's right. A, he's a combo guard. He's a shooting guard that runs the point. Yep, so veteran presence. We need veteran presence. Point guard. Yep, and that's it. You don't think we have to make too many changes. They don't have to make changes. too many changes. You know? They don't have to make too many changes. I think they need a four, like a, a stretch four. Someone who can back up Horford or mm-hmm. Horford can come off the bench. But we need someone who's like a hybrid four that can guard like fives, four threes. Yeah. You know, like Siakam was great when Toronto, when they won that series. He's a great player. I thought he would be great with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Guy who could run up the floor, rebound, push the ball, hit threes. We need a guy like that. Yeah. You know, um, low money, um, which is not the case NBA because everyone gets paid for fucking playing two minutes and fucking three points. You know, sure. making fifteen million. Listen, I'm gonna throw my name in the fucking hat. Sorry, I'm a fucking citizen now. I'm going. You can I'm say what you want. It. You can say what you want. Freedom of speech. That was the third question that I forgot on the test. Did I tell you I asked the agent out that gave me the test? You did, yeah. Okay, I asked her out. I didn't ask her out in a way that was like, I was just like, hey. What'd she say? She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, let's throat. see, let's, let's see. Let's see. She goes, let's see after the test if you could pass it. <laughs> and then the news crew showed up and yeah, she was gone. <laughs> but I'm very proud that uh, 
Yeah, at the end of the day, it was terrible. I'm not comfortable with the fact of how we lost. I didn't think Golden State beat us like in a very competitive way. I think they capitalized on mistakes over and over that we were making. Um, the mental component of the game shifted to Golden State. Um, and it was just bad. What a worse time to play your worst game is Game 6 Elimination NBA Finals. Out of all the games of the season, you had to, you had to have the worst game of your career. The most you, important one. The most important one, you want to have it then. They got away from the post. They got away from Al Horford. Fucking Jalen Brown thinks he's Allen Iverson. Like, what? Was, the first three games, he wasn't doing that. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. Jalen Brown was better than Tatum this, in this series. He was. But he had a lot of turnovers that cost a lot of points, you know. You know, the yeah. I'm very pro Jalen Brown, and I'm, it's not that I don't like no, he's Jalen Tatum, but I'm very pro Jalen Brown. I, I buy more stock in Jalen Brown than I would of Jason Tatum. They're talking about making a fucking move for Bradley Beal. He's on the he's on the he's on the t- he's on the take. It's a couple second round picks. You trade um, the other a tall uh, dude that's on the Celtics. I think his name's like Cunter or Conti or something <laughs> like that. I don't know his name. Cormet. Cormet. Whatever. Cunty. <laughs> this just in. The yeah. Celtics make a trade for Bradley Beal sending a power forward Cunty to Washington. Yep. Well. What do you think about that? Bradley Beal? I don't know. He just reminds me of like a Joe Johnson kind of player where it's like he'll be he's good and he's going to just be one of those guys that retires averaging 25 points a game. Um mm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't know if he's a, if he can win a championship. I don't know if Bradley Beal can win a championship. He's As, got that vocal leadership, though. I do like that. I do like he's that. Tough. I don't necessarily know if I like Jason Tatum having like his best bud here. Um, we gotta do something. We gotta do something. I think what we need to do is, and it's a tough, and it's a tough thing to do, is like. We need to ask ourselves, is is Jason Tatum at 24 years old someone that we want to invest the next five years yes. in? That was, that was, that was, that was, that was, yes. Okay. Then I think we need, to, and if we believe that he's got the gumption to win. Who's the alternative? Who's, who's, who's? who's Jalen Brown. No, no. No. Jalen Brown averages. See, Jalen Brown's always going to be on the Celtics. What they're, I they're disagree with. They're what not, I, They're not getting rid of no, him. No, no, I know. But what I disagree with is the. Feeling that most people get when we talk about Jalen Brown versus Jason Tatum because they're like, oh, no, no, no. We're, they're not the same. I know their styles of play aren't the same, but they people don't think Jalen Brown can give someone the business the same way that J- Jalen Brown can absolutely dominate a game when he wants to. I think it's more, I think it's more of a mental timing thing with Jalen Brown, whereas with Jason Tatum, it's like, uh, a, a bigger consistency issue because there's more pressure on him. I don't know if any of that made any sense. I'm just saying, you're, I, the, you're the magistrate. I'm buying. I'm <laughs> courts at courts in session. I'm buying Jalen Brown. I'm selling. I'm selling stock in Jason Tatum. I'm going to keep a little. I think you put both of them together and let them play for the next five, ten years. That's what you do. Yeah. And then you surround people who are you know guys who are going to help get them to that level where they can take do take over a game and be the leaders that they need to be but they're 23 24 years old. So these guys are not LeBron. They don't have that like instinctual 
like wanting to be the person to fucking be the bad guy sometimes. Mm-hmm. They don't walk with that poise. Yeah. They're, they're, ni- they're nice. They're nice players and fucking great players. Yeah. But they're nice players. Yeah. You need a fucking asshole on the team, dude. Yeah. You need like you need someone like a Draymond Green sometimes, even though he's a little kind of a yeah. little bit too much now. He wasn't as much as before. He started to get into his own thing because now he has a podcast. He's, he's opinionated and all this stuff. I get it. Yeah. You know, listen, I fucking I worked with them all yeah. fucking for two weeks. You know what I mean? Sure. They're they're great individuals, but and you gotta sell tickets too, man. It's just listen, entertainment at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm sick of this friendly bullshit. Okay, I'm right. sick of the friendly fucking. The way you fucking leaned in. I'm sick in, of the stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> fucking stop. The way you leaned in and put that pen down, as if you're gonna make a decision. Like, exactly. Fuck you. Like I weighed in. Like I have the verdict. <laughs> the way. Yeah. And then it's a glass. Yeah. Okay. So here's the situation. Everyone's like, oh, you're getting fuck. life, no parole. Someone's gonna get fucked. I want the Celtics to match the energy of their fan base, which is, I'm sure Draymond Green is a wonderful friend, a a great father, I'm assuming a good husband. I don't give a fuck. Fuck him. And fuck Steph Curry and fuck the Warriors. And I know that's not nice, but when you play against them, that's the attitude I want to see. I think Jalen Brown has that attitude. I don't see the same thing from Jason Tatum. And I want him to viscerally... He's obsessed with Kobe and he wore that, wore that fucking weird armband. You can... Listen, you just... You can't make individuals into individuals that they're not. That they're not. Yeah, you're right. So you either... You're going to have to surround themselves with individuals who are those individuals. That's it. Yeah. There's only two options. Kobe from day one was Kobe. He had it. Yep. You know, some players grow it, grow it. They mm-hmm. they grow into it. Mm-hmm. And there's most players, they just, perfect example, right? Perfect example. Dwight Howard. Oh, okay? Dwight. First seven years, unstoppable. <sighs> unstoppable. He would dunk the ball so hard it would almost go back up through the rim. Unstoppable. Yeah. Okay. Then the last... 10? Eh. Plateaued. Whatever. Right? Lost the the intuition, the edge. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Kevin Garnett from day one. Never lost. Since high school. Yep. Had it. You know? There's just certain players that just have that, like, I don't give a fuck what you think. Yep. You want to win or not. Right? Yeah, Jimmy Butler. I'm not saying, like, Jalen doesn't have that or Tatum doesn't have that. But it's delivered in a different way. Right? Okay. It's just delivered in a different way. They're not as, you know, fortright with it. Is that a word? Yeah, they're not as aggr- they're not, they're not as outwardly aggressive. They're not as outwardly aggressive. Yeah. So remember Sam Cassell in mm-hmm. two thousand eight when he played with the Celtics, mm-hmm. right? Doc Rivers brought Sam Cassell. He ran with the first team and he also ran with the second team as a backup point guard. Mm-hmm. Okay. For Rondo. Sam Cassell had, he, he was already older at that time. Mm-hmm. He was in his, I think it was like 37, 38 mm-hmm. when he played. Dude, he didn't give a fuck who you were. You know? Mm-hmm. When Kevin Garnett like wanted the ball, nah, we're giving it to Paul. He, he would wave fucking Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Wave Kevin Garnett. Yeah. 
That's what we need, dude. And we need someone that respects that. Where it's like, because we're going to win. People respect you if you win. Win. Even if they, they, even if, yeah. Well, they will respect you, but they'll also fear you, which is the same thing. That I think is like the biggest thing that we don't have right now on this team. No one fears this. Everybody respects Al Horford, but no one really looks at him and goes, okay, we're going to do what Al says. Because Al's like, I'm not the point guard. I'm the fucking, I'm a seven footer. Like, that's not my role. No one respect Marcus Smart is not a point guard. He's not a point guard. He's a great two guard, defensive two guard. He's honestly a six man. He's honestly a six man of the year. And he could probably win six man of the year consecutively if if we had a team that was structured. I wouldn't like even State. mind. If, I wouldn't even mind if Marcus Smart like started. I wouldn't even no. I wouldn't even mind if Marcus Smart just just played defense and been a great defender. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even mind like if he just eased up on like the offensive you know attack sometimes because he makes really big mistakes mm-hmm. you know but he's one of those guys you, you love him mm-hmm. and you hate him at the same time mm-hmm. you know so um, but to kind of wrap it up in, in conclusion with this whole Celtics situation we lost they beat us um, we beat ourselves they have four championships this is a learning experience hopefully for Jalen and uh, Tatum to see exactly where they are um and it just needs to grow up. Poise. It's all about poise, right? And it was a great series, the first three games. Mm-hmm. And then it just started, like, every every time they try to make runs, like, Golden State just knew, like, how to just, you know, not... Um, they just knew how to kind of keep that uh, lead yeah. at bay. So, congratulations to Golden State Warriors. Great organization. And I'm going to be honest with you, I love Steph Curry. And Steph Curry moves into my top five of all time. Whoa. Of all time? Yeah. So, who's the top five of all time now? Jordan. Yep. Steph. <clears throat> Larry Bird. Magic. Kareem. No LeBron? No LeBron, top five of all time. Um, I can't give it LeBron because he he lost six fucking championships, dude. Yeah, no Shaq. No, no. I res- when you the way that you said it, I I, I respect. It. I I get it. I get it. It's just an interesting. Dude, you understand? He's six two. <clears throat> oh, I know. Yeah, six three. Yeah, with doesn't jump. He's all skills, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Like he is, he's yeah, the he's most up there. Skilled basketball player that ever lived. I, yeah, Pure, I agree. Like skill wise, left. Yeah. What? Like, yeah. He's a fucking video game, dude. Yeah, he's wild. Like, there's no one has ever been like that ever. The only the person I would say is is just as good as Kevin Durant. That's the only other person I would say is is unguardable. But then you look at, you then, but then you look Let at, me you stretch know, his top ten. Five is a little little tough. Five five was aggressive. Yeah, yeah five was aggressive. Um, but I respect it. I do think he moved up. But you know why I said it, though? And you know what's going to be queued up when I say this. You know why I said that. And there's only one reason why I said that. Is because I am now an official American. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of 
U.S. citizen Coco Caliente, U.S. citizen Chase Abel, U.S. citizen Abel Tecle. This is wild. God bless America. <laughs> Congratulations, Chase Abel. Instagram, Nickwitty up. Just follow us on YouTube. Like, follow, subscribe. Lead us out, Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania forever. Fight for one.